Dear post-grad Andrea, just take a deep breath. Be in your stillness. Feel all the feelings, whether it's the happiness, the sadness, or just right here. Where you are is exactly where you need to be. Know that there is so much amazingness in front of you and really to listen to your heart. Your head can get in the way of so many things. Know that the more you ask, the more you're curious, the more you wonder, that is really all you need in everything that you do. And have fun while you're doing it. Hey, Postgrads. It's your host today, Alyssa Bernal. Today, we have Andrea Ming, who is currently a breathwork facilitator and leadership coach. Her preferred pronouns are she, her, and mine are also she, her as well. So I'd like to welcome Andrea for being here with us today. How are you feeling in this moment right now? Tender is the word that comes to mind. Ooh, tender. I love that. I think that's the first time I've heard someone use that word, tender. (laughs) We'd like to start with a little grounding breath, a grounding practice together. Are you feeling something to center us or maybe something to get the energy up a little bit? Recentering, I think, would be really great. Awesome. So we'll go ahead and do a box breath, which lucky enough, I learned from Andrea here. And so I'll go ahead and lead us and let's go ahead. If you're listening, you're able to get into a comfortable position. And if you're safe to do so, and you would like to feel free to join us in closing your eyes. Allow your body to be still. And we're going to take an inhale through our nose, really filling up our belly for four counts. Two, three, four, holding at the top, filling that space we've just made. Two, three, four, exhaling through our mouth. Two, three, four, and holding at the bottom. Two, three, four. So let's just do four rounds of that breath. Inhaling in. Two, three, four, holding, filling that space. Two, three, four, exhaling, letting go two, three, four, holding at the bottom, two, three, four, inhaling in, really filling us up, two, three, four, holding at the top, two, three, four, exhaling, letting go, two, three, four, holding at the bottom, two, three, four, two more breaths, inhaling in, two, three, four, holding at the top, Two, three, four, exhaling, letting the day go so far. Two, three, four, holding at the bottom. Two, three, four, and our last breath together, inhaling in. 
two, three, four, holding at the top, making space for what comes next, two, three, four, exhaling out, letting that love out, letting it go, two, three, four, and holding at the bottom, being present right now, two, three, four. Slowly just flutter your eyes open, maybe shake a little out, um, coming back to this present moment. So thank you for joining us in that breath together. And I'd love to start with a little check-in of, you know, Andrea, I've had the privilege to work with you in many different capacities and along the journey, pick up some of that conscious language, that conscious communication. And so a lot of how we at Getting Grounded start our meetings and like to invite our guests in our podcast is asking what's something that they want to acknowledge uh, from this past week. Within myself or acknowledge you? Within yourself, yes. Because <laughs> I could do that. Yeah, first of all, it means so much to me that you're sharing what I shared with you with other people. I acknowledge myself for trusting myself and allowing myself to just unfold without any guarantee of what's coming next. Wow, that's really powerful and a very courageous and brave thing to do. For me, what I want to acknowledge for myself this past week is being okay with uh, not going 100% all the time and learning to tune in and deciding uh, honoring when my body is like, let's step back, let's, let's take a break, let's pause and let's process. Yeah. And um, to wrap up our check-in, what is something that you would like to celebrate from this past week? I am celebrating that nature is just so abundant and beautiful. I was by the water cliffside earlier today and just be reminded of how much beauty is around us and how much if we can see the beauty outside of us, there's beauty within us. So the fact that I can see so much abundance and beauty and just magnificence is just, you know, a mirror back to me. So I'm celebrating just the awesomeness of life, even if there is, you know, pain and grief and suffering throughout the world, that there is also on the flip side, everything available. Mm, I love that. Yeah. There's space for both the grief and the struggles that are going on right now, but also there's space to see the beauty and to take the time to enjoy that. And I think oftentimes we do forget that, you know, it's so easy to see the beauty in other things and other people and to bring that back to ourselves as well. So I really loved your answer. For me, I would like to celebrate from this past week, really putting myself out there. I just became certified as a Reiki practitioner and, you know, starting to practice any new skill really is, is scary. <laughs> Being a beginner again is both exciting and scary. So that's something that I want to celebrate. Again, as I said earlier, I've had the chance to work with you in many different settings, but I'd love to dive in and know more about you, your own journey through this. So going back to maybe that last year in college, where were you? I knew you grew up around New Jersey, correct me if that's wrong, but what were you doing at that time, kind of about to graduate? What were what had you studied during college and what was going through your mind? When I think about college, I honestly feel like that was a lifetime ago, just because 
the more I work on myself, the more I feel like I'm shedding old skins. Mm. And that college part of me feels like a skin that I've thrown away for like so long ago or burned off when I went through the fire, (laughs) you know, and transformation, not to scare anyone off or anything, but I grew up in New Jersey on the East coast. I'm based in LA now. And I went to school for fashion design actually. So I spent my entire high school career in the beginning freshman. It was like all academics. I was going to be a doctor. It was, you know, did coloring books with like body parts and blood cells to memorize these things. And it went from academic to, you know, playing lacrosse to, whoa, I am really committed to being a fashion designer. Project Runway was such a huge thing back then. Oh yeah. The diversity was so low on the screen, but when there was like Chloe Dow, I believe her last name is, who I have met recently, I was just like, there was something within me that, that always was like, why aren't there more fashion designers who are Asian? Even when I was younger, there was always like, be what's missing, that kind of sentiment inside me, even if I couldn't name it at the time. So I went to fashion school and looking back, it really came from a place of escapism because growing up in New Jersey, very suburban, very Jewish, where I grew up, not having the best relationship with my family, there was like not much to do, but to go within myself. And at the time, having a lot of darkness within me, a lot of depression, sadness, a lot of confusion and not knowing and feeling lost and alone and just knowing that, okay, you know, the fashion world looks so glamorous and amazing and creative and you could do anything. Um, I really want to be part of that world. So I, I went into the fashion world, I think really from a misguided place. I don't do anything fashion related now, except, you know, maybe a t-shirt line that is still on the back burner <laughs> to this day. Um, <laughs> and you know, just the, the design aesthetic that comes naturally to me, but it really, um, went from, you know, a Jersey girl, not really feeling she felt like she belonged anywhere, not knowing her place to going to college, just continuing to feel that within me, even if the place outside of me was, you know, different and, finding out that what sounds right on paper wasn't what was right for me. So really going through this journey of like, oh, I thought this is what you were supposed to do. This is what you are, right? This is Mm. how you do it, right? And really, really coming to terms of like, this is really making me unhappy in ways that I don't even know how to explain to someone else or even myself. And I wasn't as spiritual back then as I am now in terms of practice. I think that that was running in my body back then. I just didn't really own it or step into it. So the fact that it's changed a lot um, in the last decade has been just really amazing to see, but I was going more and more away from my natural state in New York city, which is not to say that if you're in New York city, like your soul will die, but I was just (laughs) in an environment where it wasn't a place where I could thrive, really explore Because in New York, you know, if you make this amount of money, then you can do this. You can date this kind of person. If you went to this school, a lot of it has to do with what sounds good on paper. Mm -hmm. And um, actually, it shows up in how people talk to each other, the kinds of questions they ask. So anyway, that's what my college life was really like. I was just really lost, not knowing, like, what does 
a life on my own terms mean and look like? And will I be disobeying or embarrassing my family if I do that? And I think that's a good place to stop. I could go on and on and on. Thank you for your openness and sharing that journey. And I'm sure there are many people who are in college or about to graduate who share those feelings of what should I do or have never sort of faced that question of what does a fulfilled life like look like to me, right? Trying to find our own answers because we've sort of absorbed or soaked up, you know, all of these answers from outside of ourselves, but maybe have never had the opportunity or had someone to guide us or put space for us to look within ourselves. I think what was interesting that you said at the very beginning was what drew you to being in fashion initially was that idea of be what's missing. So I feel that kind of shows up in your work now as a breathwork facilitator. You kind of take us through the journey of how did what you experienced in college and that feeling of be what's missing sort of lead you into this world of breath work and transformational leadership coaching, which, you know, maybe that you in college had never even knew existed. Yeah. I mean, if you told the college version of me that I would be doing this now, she'd be like, what are you talking about? What is that? What does that even mean? Me, what's missing? It's always questioning the status quo, always wondering what something can be like, not taking it for what it actually is. Really, really living in possibility of I am noticing this and I get to create and I get to be a different kind of way. That just because it's happened this way up until now doesn't mean that it's got to continue in that way. And, you know, as you know, breaking the cycle is really a huge part of not just my life, but the offering that I have back into the world. And so how I kind of stumbled into breath where completely just, I like to think that it's really just, there's no such thing as coincidence when something that you really needed, but you didn't know you needed happens and appears in your life. Very often, most people aren't available or ready to see it. But for me, it was so visceral. Like breath work is something that you do, you breathe it, you use your body to feel it. And to have the effects that breathwork really offers and to not question like what just happened, I would have to be numb and really, really just like dense to not be like, what is this? Right. Um, And then to use it as a tool for continued curiosity and continued questioning and continued, oh, what else is there? Like I'm the kind of kid growing up who was like, what else is there? What else is there? Why, why, why? Right. So really the curiosity and just wondering of, huh, I wonder why, or that's really interesting. has kind of been ingrained inside of me. So that's even how I stumbled upon the breathwork class. It was like, I wonder what outside of me can really open up a new door for me to just learn more about myself. And at the time I just felt really stuck and went to a meditation studio, which is, you know, in, in LA and tried out breath work. And ever since then, why I'm where I am now and why I'm a facilitator of this work is because I just kept on digging. I just kept on, you know, going through the pages of whatever this book breath work was holding for me. I just continued deepening the practice. As you know, with anything, when you come across something first, it's really nice to see what you want to see. 
And the more you dig or delve or just peruse further, you're going to get to know everything. The grit and the shine, the nooks and crannies, you know, the good, bad, and ugly. And with breathwork, I was like, anything from bliss and openness and happiness and peace to the ugly crying and the confusion and the downward spirals. And I was so committed to just learning more about it because it was the only thing that really seemed to wake me up. Long story short, it's curiosity. (laughs) That's what I'm hearing you saying. It was really just following your curiosity, being open and trusting in that into this whole other world of, you know, breath work and maybe more spiritual modalities and coaching and just keep on digging, as you said. Let's go back kind of at that time of when you first started your breath work journey. Did you ever see yourself becoming a facilitator or what were maybe some of those pivotal moments that really pushed you to step into this role of a facilitator and an entrepreneur? I think I've always wanted to be a teacher ever since I was younger. It's just, you know, the story of like teachers don't make that much impact in a classroom or a teacher needs to look a certain way or be for kindergartners, whatever whatever stories I might've had in the past, I wanted to be a teacher of some sort, just didn't know exactly what that was. And also I just have so much appreciation and respect and admiration for all the people who've taught me or led me to explore and learn things that I wouldn't have unless they existed. So that combined with just going deeper with breath work and realizing, wow, this is so powerful. I am healing in my own self and my own journey and discovering so many things. And then getting to a point where it's like, if I don't share this, like what, what kind of person would I be? <laughs> it's almost too good not to share. And the thing about breath work is um, there's facilitator trainings that people go and they attend for an intensive And at the very least, it's a deep dive into your own stuff, you know, understanding yourself more and you leave knowing the tools and how to facilitate and hold space for someone else. But many people to this day that I did healer training with don't choose to do it professionally, don't choose to share it. They don't actually facilitate it or use their gifts or skills. And I think for me to go from doing it and, you know, having groups on the side to like full-fledged, like, this is what I do. This is what my gift back to the world is. This is what I'm meant to do for the rest of my life. It, I think it was just owning that I am a leader and that in and of itself was a whole journey because Mm -hmm. who am I like a small Asian girl who, you know, has something that she wants to teach, but there's so many out there, a lot of imposter syndrome things. Right. So just even a owning the fact that you have something so powerful that you can share B owning that leadership and coming from a place of service, making that a way of living and a way of life. And then also being willing to go through the journey of putting yourself out there and learning about yourself through other people, through the mirror of other people. That's a whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I, every single time, and, and I don't really like to think 
I, there's definitely ways and times I've made things a lot more difficult for myself than it has to be just because that's kind of the conditioning that I've, I've had for such a long time. But me going into this position of coach and guide and teacher is not to make it difficult for myself. I really do feel that it's for our future generations, that it's for my future family, my future daughter, my, you know, my current self, my, you know, just community. And it's really, really living in purpose, living on purpose. And once you start to live on purpose, it's really, really hard to think of going back to work for someone else or that old way of being and doing things. That's the long story short. (laughs) Please always just feel free to stop me if I'm just going on a tangent. No, I think you're saying so many, so many things that maybe a lot of postgrads have never considered up until this point. You know, I think there's a lot of messaging out there of, you know, find your passion, do what you love. But I think that overwhelms a lot of people. And so I think what's so valuable about your story is it was really just that openness and curiosity. And instead of looking outward for trying to fit yourself into a title or a certain position, it really came from inward. And your journey of diving inward is when this new path of like being an entrepreneur unfolded and you yourself committing to this like higher purpose, higher vision. And I feel like that's what people are kind of searching for underneath, you know, all of those titles and things is really what is the impact? What kind of world do I want to create? What impact do and legacy do I want to leave behind? And, you know, I'm interested in how your sort of definition of success or purpose has evolved from when you were a fresh postgrad to who you are now because you've evolved so much in your journey. I think when I graduated, I thought life purpose was just this thing that I work to. And once I have it, I'm set. I'm good. I'm mm. right. This is great. When now it's actually your life purpose is literally what you do and how you are at any given moment, whether you are in a role of teacher or guide or wife or partner, whether you're in a role or not, your life purpose is alive simply because you exist. So going back to following your curiosity and finding, doing what you love, that is part of finding your purpose because the more you discover and find what you love, what you're really good at, the more you can also learn what you're not so great at and what is just not good for your being and what doesn't work for you. And the purpose part is really like, what am I here to bring to light? What am I here to awaken in myself and other people? Like, why do I exist? It's not to be a scientist that blank, 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 blank. It's really just to be someone who brings knowledge, someone who is a seeker of truth, someone who is a beacon of love and light. It's a thing that you can be at any given moment. And I think it's, it's more about the being than it is about the title and the job and the role and the, the phase of life you're in. It's just something that continues to be something you either practice and you share or you just keep within yourself. So everyone has a life purpose. It's just a matter of whether or not you get clear on what that is and whether or not you share it. Wow. That gave me chills. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think maybe we get a little bit. I know for me, sometimes get a little caught up in sort of like the how. How is it going to look like, and the need to look like this certain way? But really, you know, the things that you're talking about, the way that you defined purpose, like how you show up, how you are, how you be in every single moment, is something that can change and look in so many different ways. And I think. Again, that can sometimes be overwhelming to some people, but it's, I think, a very beautiful opportunity in that it doesn't have to look a certain way. It can continue to evolve and change because I don't think any of us really see ourselves doing the same thing, being the same way for the rest of our lives, the next 50, 60 years. (laughs) And I think that's really why people kind of get caught up in that of, well, you know, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? Like what's going to be one like career track I have, but rather shifting more toward how do I want to be? How do I want to show up in each moment, regardless of those external things of the title or the position, the role, right? That we choose. The life purpose is in the center and all the roles and all the things that you will do in your life are just manifestations of it. But without the purpose of creating possibility or being a, a, a teacher and guide um, who brings blank, right? It's the core, the essence and the being which stems out into the physical manifestations. And that's actually part of the the grounded challenge that people can do if they're interested in finding more about it. I think people get so attached and this includes myself. We get so attached to the thing that we get lost in just going to the results when it's really about who are you being and who are you becoming in the process? Because that's equally important, right? The same thing as your degree that you graduate with, that's not what you were just in college for. It was the journey. It was the relationships. It was learning. It was the person that you were learning to become, which was as important as the tangible diploma and the degree, which I don't think I knew. I think that's an important message for postgrads to hear today is, you know, that it's the person you you became in these years of college and not just, you know, this paper degree, right? You see a lot of memes out there of like, great, I have this like $24,000 paper. Like, what am I going to do next? It's like, no, you evolved as a person. You gained skills and had these different experiences that helped you to grow. You're talking about, you know, your journey and doing this inner work can sometimes be heavy, sometimes be discouraging. And as you said, having that imposter syndrome, especially stepping into this role of an entrepreneur and starting your own business. So what has or does keep you grounded as this journey unfolds and maybe as you face new obstacles or new blocks? I think in the beginning... It was really just to relieve myself of the old hurts and the past pain and to do whatever it took to just heal from that in the beginning. And I think now moving forward, why I continue to do this work, why I continue to put myself out there, why I continue to evolve to hold even more space for more people and why put myself out there vulnerably when if there's a chance that it might not make sense, it might not be received, blah, 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 right? And it's really just like, number one, I literally cannot imagine doing anything else. That's just a part of my being now. There is no going back. There is only but forward to look forward to. And 
getting really, really grounded in what the world I'm creating can look like if I continue to show up. Because you, me, that person, that person, it requires us to show up for things to change. Because if we choose to not exist, if we choose not to engage, if we choose to just be exactly the way we are or have been because of past traumas and conditioning, if we just continue to repeat what has been going on so far, we will literally create more of the same. That's just the matter. That's just fact, right? And for me, I just am not okay with becoming the old version of myself. That's not an option. And I'm just so clear on how amazing life can be when you are free, when you are clear, when you are open, when you are connected and just open to love, when you are in your body, when you are inspired, when you are in your power. I so believe in that. And I know what that looks like. And I know what's possible when that's activated, that that's really what I'm standing for. Like, no matter how uncomfortable it is, I would really rather invest in the future of what that is than to be in the stuckness and heaviness of this, this is really heavy right now. And the heaviness is part of the shedding. It's part of the releasing. It's part of the grieving of the old, right? Really, that's just, I, I just don't see any other way. I think like a saying that comes to mind when you describe that as be the change you want to see in the world, right? And if each of us decides to step into our own power and kind of, as you're saying is, break the cycle, right, of these old past patterns, beliefs, ways of being, then we can start to create a different vision of the world, a different way for other people to be and be inspired. I mean, I can't even imagine where I would be or where the many people who have worked with you would be if you did not decide to step into this maybe uncertain but powerful role of a facilitator and a coach. We are such a powerful example of what you have become because you were open to it. Whether it was me or anyone else, you really stepped into just possibility. Instead of looking to the past, instead of what has been or what you could have been or what you should have been, you are consciously creating and moving forward. And for me, that is so much more exciting and just welcoming and just, ah, right? And going backwards because people do actually choose to go backwards. They might not know it, but when things happen again and again and again, and it's the same, that's what they are actually choosing. And I think we're proof that when someone stands for their life, for other people and creates a space for healing, for growth, for transformation, for just openness, for vulnerability, something else blooms out in, in the fields and then something else blooms and something else blooms. And it's for me, just like a person to person experience until it becomes like a ripple effect because you impact so many people on a daily basis, your community, your partner, your co-workers, the people you will be working with, your clients, right? And that all has a domino effect. So for me, it's like, oh my gosh, that is so like tantalizing to think about. It's just like, <laughs> what? So, because I showed up, right? Because you showed up. And I think really just letting people know that they have a choice. And, you know, for me, it's just, it just happens to me in healing and, and growth and development space, but the more people who are conscious and aware just continue to do that, the more this tidal wave is going to form, right? Definitely. 
Ooh, wow. Get some good stuff happening in here. (laughs) (laughs) You have some great questions. Let's go back to sort of that transition of you graduated college, you found breathwork, maybe you're starting to try it out. Um, How did that sort of your journey as an entrepreneur unfold? Because I think for me, there's definitely a lot of Mm, I would say hype around being an entrepreneur, but I think maybe if you could give a little more of a holistic view of the journey as our own journeys are internally, the journey of being an entrepreneur is not a linear line, right? Some people are like, all right, quit my job tomorrow. My business is going to take off and then I won't have to work for anyone else again. I could work from anywhere. I think a lot of people are desiring these things, but really how did that look like for you? Well, I'll just start off by saying that being an entrepreneur is the biggest personal development journey one can ever be on. And the people who make it super easy, we may never know the full story, but doing it completely on your own is probably like the bravest thing that I think you could really choose to do. I also want to make the distinction between being an entrepreneur versus a spiritual entrepreneur, which is what I would say I am because there's a way of doing business that is like put out the offer, fill in the spots, do the sales and do the thing, right? Create the thing, sell the thing. When you're a spiritual, intuitive, just like much more empathic, soulful entrepreneur, there's a lot of energetics that go beyond it. Like the intention setting, how many people are you holding space for? What are the energetics of your messages? What is coming from your heart? versus just like your head or just maybe the formula of a sales message. So quite honestly, I think even to this day, I'm really figuring out what works for me and in a way that is aligned with me because there are so many ways to do it. I'm going to address the part of the inner work part that goes with being an entrepreneur. It's getting really clear and honest with why you're doing it. Because like you said, if you're not clear on why and you're not grounded in that so much that you are deeply rooted in that, there are going to be days where you make zero money. There are going to be days when you put yourself out there and you're like, oh my God, that feels really vulnerable. Or when nothing, nothing happens, right? No response, no whatever. And really, really just understanding why you do it, why It's important to you that you create this. What is the gift you're putting back in the world? Who do you get to step into when you are creating this? Because when you really, really think about it, there's some people who have created businesses out of ego and from a place of, oh, because I can. This is something that I can do. I have resources to. I can sell it for like five times the price there, right? Mm -hmm. But when you're coming from a place of true service, There's a lot more to think about. And I think it's more about how does this benefit the greater good, not just myself and creating value for myself, but also for the person who's receiving it. Um, Call it sacred exchange. There's a whole book on that. Really, really just understanding like it's not just you doing, putting it out there and then you getting money instantly. It's actually a reflection of you as a person, anything from your messaging to your thoughts that come up, 
If you think you have an inner critic for yourself, you have a whole nother inner critic that comes up when you put something that you created out there, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I definitely love that you made that distinction between, you know, an entrepreneur, right? Because anyone can start a business for any sort of reason and sort of more like a spiritual, intuitive, service-based entrepreneur, right? That we can still ask for that exchange of money, ask for our worth, and yet be grounded in our values and our vision and like what kind of world that we want to create. And I think maybe for me, sometimes there may be the perception that those things can clash, right? Asking people for money and also like helping them change. But as you said, it's sort of this like sacred exchange and it's really being grounded in your why of you're doing this, right? Is it just to make a buck or is it really to, you know, create this vision of the world that you have and to impact other people? And yeah. I'd love to reference a post that you made recently on Instagram where it says, you don't have business money or relationship problems. You have personal blocks showing up in your business money and relationships. And so you encourage people to do the inner work. Would you like to kind of dive in a little more about that or maybe how that has shown up and unfolded in your own journey in business? Like I mentioned, starting a business is like the personal development thing that you can ever embark on. And anything from pricing to what you think about other people and what's available out there and competition and comparison to the product you're creating, literally anything and everything in the creation, selling, receiving payment, implementing and sharing the service part, there's going to be a part of yourself, which is the ego, you know, your inner critic that comes up. And that's the part that wants to tell you like, you did it wrong, or this is not how you do it, or you did this last time, what's to say it's going to happen again this time. It's the one that chatters with all the stories and the gossip and the comparison and the no, 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 no. You know what I'm talking about, right? (laughs) So if we don't do the inner work, we will believe something that has happened is because of us or because of something else. When really it's just feedback, it's all neutral and it's something that we put meaning onto. And depending on our past traumas and past experiences, For example, like I worked for a coach before I started my own business and a lot of what I thought a coach had to be was informed by her. And a lot of the blocks that I've worked through myself was like really understanding I am not her, that I don't need to do things like her, that I get to create how I want things to look like and be and who I serve, that just because she did that and it worked doesn't mean that it will work for me. It's really like, connecting the dots between what you are creating, where you are with something in the past and just being able to make it separate, not connecting it for something to mean, oh, because this, this is what happened. And really, really using the observations as information to guide you moving forward instead of anything that holds you back or some, an excuse or a judgment or a reason to feel scared that you're not going to get something or you're not going to be able to do something. Right. And really, really just exercising that openness of when I show up and I choose to serve and I choose to focus on the person I am serving that that intention in and of itself will, will supersede everything else. That it doesn't matter if I'm brand new at this, doesn't matter if 
blank, 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 blank. It's really about how I choose to show up every single time moving forward. Just noticing that um, any personal thoughts and beliefs can really get in the way or can really serve you. You get to choose though and how it serves you in your business. Right. Just trusting our own information, trusting that what happens is feedback and not really a reflection of necessarily our capabilities or is this the right fit for me and trusting in making and creating our own answers, right? Rather than going outside of ourselves for that. And that can be definitely very difficult. (laughs) And that's where doing the inner work comes in. So in your journey and everything that you've learned from graduating college to who you are and where you're at now, is there anything that you would say or any advice that you would give to your younger self, whether that was you graduating college or maybe that you even just starting on this breathwork journey? I think the advice I would give is to really ask yourself, what is it that you are actually afraid of? What are you afraid of? Is it something completely made up? Is it something that hasn't happened? Is it something that you're basing because of a past experience? Is it failure? Like more often than not, what you are afraid of does not exist. It is completely made up in your mind, period. And the analyzers and the really smart people, almost too smart for your own damn good people, can really make up a lot of things. Now, it's very different than I have a bill to pay and this is how much money I have and it's not matching up. Like, facts are facts. But when you create just stories and stories and stories and stories and a lot of noise in your head, really, really start to ask yourself, what is it that I'm actually afraid of? Is it something I'm making up or is it actually something real? Okay. Because most people feel the fear and then they run away from it. They just back off. But really working with the fear, looking more closely at it, looking deeply, looking underneath it, really starting to meet your fear, the discomfort. I wish I knew that. I think intuitively I knew, but I didn't really let it work with me instead of really like getting to know it. Like, Hey, what's showing up here? Why are you showing up? I was like, Oh my God, I'm scared. Blank. Right. Shut down, take a nap, just give up, whatever. And I think working with your fear is probably one of the bravest and empowering things that you can do. Um, because once you work with it, you'll actually start to realize that fear just wanted to be acknowledged. It just wanted to be seen and heard. And all it wanted to do was communicate a message that we are so used to not acknowledging. Now more than ever, we just have distractions at our fingertips to be able to run away and to escape from that, you know, from our phones and all this media, just on demand, everything. But being able to take that time to really be honest with ourselves and as you're saying, create a relationship with our fear and really ask it, what's the message that it's trying to bring to us? Because it's not necessarily to run away. Right. As you said, it may be to acknowledge and move through it to whatever is on the other side of that, which is often something pretty great. (laughs) And actually, it's not even what is your fear telling you, it's just what are your feelings telling you? If it's fear, then that's just one of the many things. But 
what are your feelings really trying to tell you? And it's not to tell you something is wrong with you, that you're too sensitive. It's actually just very mutually like, what are you feeling? What is the information it is trying to show you? And where is it trying to guide you, right? Feel your feelings. Feel your feelings, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Have a conversation with them. Really, so, really though, you know that. And so that kind of brings us toward this conclusion here of your journey has been so amazing to hear more details about and seeing what you've created. But we always know that there's there's something next. <laughs> so what's next for you and what ways are you continuing to grow? If there's anything you're probably hearing from me, it's like, I am always learning. Like literally, even in my dreams, I think I'm processing like, what's there? I currently am called to work with women on a deeper level to really, really step into feminine leadership, which is not to be mistaken with like girly. It's really a powerful way of being with grace, with compassion and impact. So divine feminine leadership, what does that look like? How does that become embodied? Really, I get more and more called to, you know, I'm I'm Korean American, I'm East Asian, I'm Asian, period. But it's really about honoring the ancestry in ways that maybe we never would have thought about. So it's not about the quotes and things, but what are some of the practices that can support us in being our fullest self? Anything from Qigong movement, as you know, it was just a matter of time. Like breath is the foundation and then movement and then, you know, so... That's what I'm curious about. That's what I want to continue to share and build upon. And of course, that looks like group programs, really, really intensive, not just the mindset and the awareness and the expansion, but really like the feeling, the embodiment, the release part of it, because your brain does not have neural pathways to write over if you're holding on to the past. So it's really, really interweaving the somatic with the mindset that'll be my life's work and that'll just be continuing to evolve. So wherever the wind takes me, <laughs> wherever my heart tells me is next. <laughs> and so where can people continue to follow on your journey to learn about where and how that they can work with you and experience breath work? There's my Instagram, which is probably like the most recent update platform at in business and life. I also have a private Facebook group, The Ones That Did, on Facebook, which you can find on my Instagram. And my website is there, but it's always evolving like I am. So there, it exists, <laughs> but really you can find everything on my, my Instagram for now. And in my Facebook group, there was um, a five-day challenge, which honestly has hundreds of dollars of value in just a five-day challenge. Oh, yeah. And it's for free. So it's for uh, free, y'all. <laughs> anyone who's interested in really just scratching the surface of what's there can start watching those videos. There's five of them, and there's breath work exercises, there's coaching exercises, there's homework exercises, and there is a breathwork meditation that I am working on that will be out probably by the time this is released. So stay tuned for that. Ooh, exciting. So make sure to follow Andrea on Instagram to get the most 
updates and where she drops her knowledge, her wisdom. Thank you for being with us today, coming on the podcast. Andrea, it's amazing to hear your journey and all of the really great juicy bits that you shared with us today. Thank you for having me. I honestly could go on and on forever. So yeah, if anyone has any questions, please feel free to DM me. Hey, postgrad, we hope you gained some insight, some inspiration from today's episode with Andrea Ming. We invite you to turn that inspiration inward with today's challenge. So the challenge that Andrea shared with us for all of you is to take some time this week to sit down and write a love letter to yourself. And by love letter, we mean one that you would write to someone you really love that you have a big crush on, but take that love and turn it toward yourself. As Andrea mentioned earlier in this episode, she also has a five-day grounded challenge that you could find on her Facebook group, The Ones That Did. So go ahead and check Check that out after you've done today's challenge if you'd like to see a little more uh, from Andrea. We'd love to hear what you discover when doing today's challenge. Comment on our Instagram at Getting Grounded Community or on this episode's blog post at gettinggroundedcommunity.org. Also feel free to check out Andrea's Instagram at In Business and Life. At the end of the day, what matters most are the answers that you create. Tune in for next week. See you then. Bye.